Michael Russell Park, behind the 44 Gates Avenue, I'm 750 Gates Avenue. Hey, it's Pete and Julianne from Russia Bus. We have Ian Thurber from Orange County, Florida, Fire Rescue. That's it. You work at, the, at uh, what, 34? Station 34? Station 30, close. 30. Why do I keep thinking 34? <laughs> I don't know why. Almost. So, I'm getting it. I don't remember. So. It's all good, man. Yeah. What's up, man? How's the weather? Uh, not, it looks a lot cooler much. than here. Well, weather's actually pretty nice, not going to lie. It's been pretty steamy hot all week, and then thankfully some breeze came in the past couple days, and it's still still hot, but at least it's a windy hot and not a nah, it's dry hot. hot, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just hot. It's just hot up here, man. So yeah. Yeah. I think we're having a heat wave right now is what they're saying. So it's like 90 degrees and totally humid and no breeze at all. Ugh, gross. Do you guys get the thunderstorms too? We at least get like an afternoon thunderstorm. Yeah. No. no. There's no relief. No, there's none. <laughs> yeah. so. But we get the thunderstorm and then everything just overheats and then we just cook. So I got you. It only lasts like a couple minutes. Yeah. Yes, Word. there's no rain in sight till Wednesday when we work. No, wait, we're off Wednesday. No, no, we're off Wednesday. Yeah. So, all right, Ian. So tell us about yourself, man. Oh, shoot. Uh, well, 30 years old, live here in bright, sunny, hot Florida. All right. Uh, technically Davenport, just west of Orlando. So, like you said, I've been working for Orange County Fire Rescue for a little over five years now. Uh, I've been in the fire service a total of 12. Started off in 2008 doing that. Volunteered for three years uh, with a local department, pretty small department at one station. And then, uh, yeah, got hired with uh, Polk County Fire Rescue, where I worked for five years, and then transitioned over to Orange County. But okay. yeah, living here with my wife and son. Son's about he'll getting ready to turn five here in a few months, so cool. just kind of hanging out, man. Cool. So you when you go to heart. when you go to when like in Florida, you have to go to the fire academy to become a career guy, right? Yeah. So I th unless they've changed it to at least even volunteer, you got to have your fire one and your EMT. Okay. Uh, and then in order to get hired, you have to have both your firefighter two and your EMT at the very least. Okay. And that's a pro board, right? That's that IPSAC pro board thing? Yeah. Okay. So I know they've changed it from the, the state test that I took back in 2008. I know it's changed once. So I'm not sure what they think they call it the big three now, as far okay. as your fire standards go for the, for the state cert. And then uh, they just switched it to where now for your EMT and your medic, you got to be a national license instead of just a state license. Okay. Do they accept the national registry? Because I know everybody wants you to have this and then you get there and it's like, yo, take the state test. Right. <laughs> right. You know? I, yeah. The, I think we're one of five states that actually will accept it now. Yeah. I think that's one of the recent changes they just had. Yeah. So... So what was that? So your first volunteer department, they ran an ambulance or? No, it was just uh, a straight up little, little fire station. Um, old school. It was in the town of Montverde. It was like a two square mile town, man. Had one little department that had been around since the beginning of time. Ran one engine and one little, uh, uh, they call it an attack truck. It's like a little mini pumper, you know, like an okay. F-350 yeah, yeah, yeah. with a small pump on it. And uh, that was it, man. Ran a total of like, was it, like 30 calls a year or something. Like that. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, uh, you got a little pager, and they're like, "Hey, whenever it goes off, show up." <laughs> it's like, That's all right, cool. yeah. Cool. So. Oh man. So then you went to you went to the State Fire Academy, 
or you went to which academy to get before you got hired in Polk County? I went to, so I was actually, I went to a local technical college to get my state cert for the fire standards. Okay. Um, they, we do have one fire college in Ocala, but we have a whole bunch of different schools that offer the actual state certification course, the fire one and two. So yeah. I went and I took that right out of high school and then started volunteering while I started up my EMT stuff. Yeah. And then, uh, shoot, man, once I got out of EMT and volunteered for the next few years while I looked for a full-time gig. How hard was it to get hired? Not that bad? No, nah, dude, when I first got out of school, everyone, I, I hit it at the hor most horrible time possible. Like everyone was on a hiring freeze. I tested for over 40 different departments. Oh my gosh. And it, yeah, it was horrible. And if anyone was hiring, it's like, hey, we're hiring like two or three. And you're just like, well, that then you know, there's almost no point in me going for that. Yeah. It's because, you know, usually, you know, they have an idea of who they want or whatever. Mm -hmm. The bigger legacy departments, you know, want their legacy members, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. I had actually forgotten. I tested for Polk County when they called me and offered me the job. Oh, really? <laughs> I accepted the job and then I looked at, I was like, I got to figure out where that is. I don't remember <laughs> testing for them. <laughs> wow. Yeah. How far was that from your house then? If you didn't so, ah, uh, shoot, where was I? I was in Claremont at the time when I, when I got hired. And they floated me. They didn't assign me a station. I was like a county-wide floater for the first few years. So I was anywhere from, I would say the closest station would be about about an hour. So anywhere from an hour to two hours and 15 minutes away, depending on the station. Yeah. I just looked like, up, what, they got like 30 stations or something like that? Yeah, there's something, there's something close to that. Yeah, 30 or, or 40, right around 40, I believe. Okay. Polk County is huge. It's like, yeah, I think it's one of the largest counties. Is that where that thing happened with that captain and the person in the house? That is the one. Okay. Mm -hmm. I actually got a, a buddy of mine that was on that first arriving engine company. It was pretty interesting okay. to hear about from his uh, his standpoint. Was it as bad as they said in the news or no? Yes. Let okay. me just say it was worse because I remember that captain when he was a firefighter and there was a pattern. <laughs> Not to, to, I hate talking bad about people, yeah. but you know, it's just, you yeah. know, it all came to light, I guess, in the most horrible way possible. Hmm. All right. So Julian, so they had a fire and apparently it was like out in the, out in the country. Right. And they failed, yeah. they failed to make a grab or whatever. And then they, they went back and they looked at the officer and, you know, there was reports of somebody in there, but he already written it off. Right. Yeah, he wrote really? it off before they even got there. Yeah. So there was, yeah, so from the beginning, hold on a second, from the beginning, there were reports of the caller was inside, it was an elderly female, and she was just unable to get herself out of the house, she was right inside the front door or whatever. Uh, I listened to the dispatch for the call, do you need a buddy? I listened to the dispatch for the call, and it was, the dispatcher told them numerous times, hey, you know, like, we're still online with the caller. She says she's right inside. She just can't get out. And um, the cap, the first driving captain, never, never really acknowledged it. And then, uh, from what I hear, and from what it sounded like, he just never initiated the rescue. When the first companies got on scene, he went defensive and. It was already kind of like an older house way off the beaten path, way back in the middle of nowhere. And he, uh, he never, never went for it, I guess. Yeah, so she ended up 
she ended up perishing in that fire, unfortunately. And she was I, uh, within 10 feet of the front door. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, so how was Polk County other than, other than that? You guys did a lot of EMS there or what, what happened? How was it working there? Yeah, we did. Um, so when I first got hired there, they had, uh, they were still separate. So they had Polk County Fire and Polk County EMS. And uh, about a year after I got hired, they started transitioning over to, to the fire uh ambulances like the, they called they called them the medic units okay. so they started du dual certing their their ambulances and they started kind of weeding out the the single cert trucks okay. so uh, as far as i know that still continued when i when i left yeah. they still had like i think four or five stations that were, were still manned by you know single cert emt and medic but okay from my understanding they've they've phased all that out did they have it was medic EMT medic is that what what they did there or they wrote medic medic uh EMT medic yeah okay yeah when did you go to medic school while you were there they paid for you uh no I couldn't afford it. <laughs> okay for based, based off of my salary then I couldn't afford to go on my own I wanted to man like I've been I was wanting to go for years I just couldn't afford it and then okay. uh when Orange County offered me the job and they're like oh hey by the way you got to be a medic within three years, but we'll pay for it. Yeah. Uh, I was like, well, absolutely. Heck yeah, yeah. Sign me up. So uh, I went to a local, uh, local school here, Valencia community college, which is actually where I went to get my EMT back in 2008. Okay. And, uh, did the 13 month program there. 13 months. And, and who did you, when you did like your ride time, you rode with Orange County? Yeah. So thankfully, um, they did allow us to do it with Orange County. There was some fight at first because this was kind of still like a new thing. Wow. My hiring class was actually the first one required to be a medic within three years. So it was okay. still kind of new for everybody. Yeah. <clears throat> so at first there was talk that they weren't going to let us do it with our own department, but then they decided we could, it just couldn't yeah. be on shift. So we'd have to do shift and then our 24 hour rides in oh, between. Wow. For yeah. For free? What did he pay you? For, oh no, for free, absolutely for free. <laughs> they they figured they were paying for school already, so after shift they were they were done paying us. Yeah. Wow. So it was That's rough. A lot, here, but bro. That's a it lot. was. Uh, I sat down with my wife afterwards, and and we kind of did some math. I was on average a little over ninety hours a week. I was away oh from home. Gosh. Yeah. Mm. It was That's a rough a year. Lot. Yeah. <laughs> you, you get anything cool while you were um. On your ride time? <sighs> Shoot, man. Honestly, not really. I was a white cloud during ride times, uh, <laughs> quite honestly. <laughs> yeah. And then I got cleared as a standalone medic. And within the first eight months, you name it, freaking EMS gods threw it at me. Like every huh. time I'd float to a different station, they're like, great. I wonder what we're getting today. Oh, wow. And I mean, I never pushed so much cardism in my entire freaking life. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's a good way to get experience, but that's also like a little nerve wracking when you're, you know, a new medic. Yeah, be out there and just doing all that, you know, it, it is it is especially when you kind of figure out that not everyone knows exactly what they're doing. If that makes sense, you kind of want to rely on some people and you figure out that you kind of got to learn on your own <laughs> as you go. So yeah, yeah. crash course. Did you, guys yeah. have dual medic? you guys are dual medic there or medic EMT? 
Uh, medic team T for the most part. We are getting enough medics now for the most part that we will get lucky and um, have two medics on like a rescue. Um, like for me, I spend, I got enough seniority and time on now to where I'm on the engine for the most part, but um, my lieutenant's also a medic. So there's two of us on there. Okay. Um, just, it just took time for it to like cycle through, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, but still the rescues too, are right? still EMT medic. Okay. What's that? There's, there's medics on the on the engine, right? Yeah, every single one of our suppression unit is is ALS, so at least one medic. So how does that work? I mean, on like, what kind of jobs would the engine go on? I mean, so we get sent on pretty much everything that's not. So we code ours Alpha through Echo. Um, as far as response priority, I'm not sure what it is for you guys. Um. We have like a number system, one through seven or eight, I think. Yes. Yeah, oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So for us, it's like alpha is kind of the least important and echoes like they're confirmed, oh. not breathing and okay. stuff like that. Yeah. So if it's anything Bravo through echo, you get a suppression unit sent with the rescue. Um, and then if it's an alpha call, what they code as an alpha call, then the rescue goes by themselves. Um, unfortunately, well, Fortunately, however you choose to see it, that's actually starting to change as well due to the incident that happened a couple of weeks ago with our actually our engine crew getting shot at during the well-being call. So that that's starting to change a little. A lot of the uh, a lot of the lieutenants, especially in my area, are stepping up and being like, "Hey, if it's a certain area, we're going to go with you anyway." Or yeah. if it's a rescue from out of you know out of our first two area, we're going to go anyway. And, hmm. Do you guys have a? Do you guys have like a lieutenant on the engine? I mean, um, who is who sounds Hillsborough? I think they have like an officer, lieutenant, staff, the ambulance, and then captain. Oh uh, yeah, the three man rescues. Yeah, that would be beautiful. No, we don't have that. <laughs> we have uh, usually it's just an EMT and a medic man. We just last year implemented where the fire chief wanted to start putting engineers on rescues okay. for some type of. Uh, supervisory position is what he said. So um, we now have engineers on most of our rescues, but okay. it's still only two men. Okay. Uh, our lieutenants are still in the suppression units, and then we have battalion chiefs and then captains for each battalion. So you don't have a, so you don't have a captain of the house. You have a captain. Mm -hmm. of the nope. The the house. The highest officer at the house is a uh, is a lieutenant, unless the captain is there at the house. So like station thirty three is where our captain stays for my battalion. So he's, he's there, yeah. And then he just runs like the EMS related issues or whatever for, for that battalion. So who's in charge of your station? Your senior lieutenant? <coughs> yeah, the yeah, the lieutenant. And uh, we, uh, I actually have two lieutenants because we have two suppression units at my house. We got a, a truck and an engine and then two rescues. And so they just kind of share they work really well together. They just share the responsibility okay. and feed off each other. And how yeah. close, I mean, are the stations like nearby to each other? I mean, is there a big distance between them? Uh, honestly, the Orange County is such a wide different demographic. There, there are stations where there are a couple miles apart. And then there are stations like, especially out on the east side where you have to go literally, you know, five miles or something to find you know the next nearest station and that's just because further you get east the just more rural it gets yeah 
So it's a, it's a lot of different. And I know there's some areas that are up and coming that are getting built up pretty quickly that have already requested new stations put in the area to help cover the growth. So we've already kind of budgeted for that, I guess. Yeah, it's completely different because like we have a captain of our station and then the lieutenants run the ship. Oh, so wow. We had a captain's in charge of the house. So even on the fire huh. side, but there's a cap, every company has lieutenants and then there's one captain for the company. Interesting. So, yeah. And apparently the, if it's an engine and a ladder together, the engine company runs the house, even though there's a captain of the ladder. So, huh. yeah. I didn't even know that. I just I'm going to tell my that. engine lieutenant that he's going to love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, nice. Yeah. As long as it works, right? Yeah. It's so like everywhere you go, like, you know, like you guys have rescues and like, you know, in other places, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy how a bunch of different things come in the same thing. The same thing, just different places. And then right. like down south, like don't they have like three guys on that base and stuff like that? Yeah. Those three men rescues are nice. <sighs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it, It'd be nice. It'd be nice for the medic. <laughs> anyway. yeah. We have a medic student right now, and it's it's kind of nice, but you know now you got like a third wheel, you know, to keep happy. So, no, yeah. I mean when you have a medic student, you know you want them to get their hands dirty, but you also have to, you know, now you have like a third person who's not generally part of like the partnership, and I think Peter's like much better at sort of stepping back and like letting people you know, he teaches really well and he like steps back and lets people kind of do their thing. And I'm like over them, like mother hen, I'll, I'll just do that, you know? And like, I have, to, I have to step back, you know, but I don't know, having a third person, I think if you folks had like, you know, your little triad, I guess you would eventually get a rhythm going, you know? I'm like sure. a third wheel. And that is yeah. <laughs> it's just sheer hell. <laughs> it would have to work, right? Like you're 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 together for however long. You'd have to find a way to make it work. I couldn't uh, imagine. Do you, do you all stay at your station? Like when you're not on a job, are you in a station? Yes. Yeah. Usually, unless we're doing training. Our our station's pretty high, heavy on training, so we try to get out and stay active and stay busy. But in between calls, we you know get to hang out at the station a little bit and that must be fun i know I, it is <laughs> it's one of those things i'm like oh that's yeah, yeah. So, sorry to rub it in but it's it's, no, I know. it's a <laughs> is it homey i mean like do you have like a living area or you know couch Yes, it is. I'm not going to lie. It's actually pretty nice, especially a bigger house. We have, um, it's called a ready room where all our lazy boys and TV is. And then, which we don't get a lot of use of. I'm not saying we just sit back and watch TV. We, we don't, we rarely get to use it. But then we got a kitchen, you know, big kitchen area, which is usually where we hang out. You know, yeah. officers have their, you know, uh, offices. And then we got our own bunk room in the back. Yeah, little, little gym area. You know, it's not bad. It's not yeah. bad. You know, it's home. Yeah, that's pretty nice. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting there. We don't have any beds right. yet. So, yeah. No. Um, maybe one day. <laughs> you you mean that bench on in your uh? I know. Your medic, you know, you got one on the bench, one on the stretcher. You guys are uh, good. You know what? I I I used to sleep on the stretcher when I worked in Jersey City, and then I, my butt got wet from it, and. <laughs> 
don't know what it was, but ever since then, I never sat with <laughs> after that. I was like, oh. I, was I wouldn't either. Just, you didn't remember to clean the, the stretcher or? It had, cracks, it had cracks in the mattress, we'll say. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> you can imagine what seeped in there. <laughs> Once you yeah. see cracks, those things have to get tossed in the garbage. You know? yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, we have it good now. Like, anytime like, we need some kind of equipment, we always have it. But yeah. we don't have it, you know, that easy. So That's true. They don't. They don't. I think, you know, when I first started EMS, like, we were used things you know we clean things off and reuse them which is sort of unheard of now i mean you know we we used to reuse blades but it's not like we personally clean them we basically put them in a little baggie and sent them out to get you know disinfected and sanitized but even now we have you know throwaways so things have gotten better <laughs> much better than you know like 15 16 years ago so it wasn't even that long like, yeah Yo, we just went to LED bulbs on our mm -hmm. on our laryngoscopes. Oh yeah. 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 It was last, I think. Last year, I think. Yeah, last year. Oh wow. Mm -hmm. yeah. Nice. So, I know. <laughs> we don't have that a lot of other people have. <laughs> well, I'm sure it's also hard outfitting a what five thousand member yeah, department. It's, it's yeah. Service, you know. Yeah. I mean, how many folks do you think are? I mean, do you know like how many? Um, people are in your department like in general or is it I believe large? I believe we're upwards of thirteen or fourteen hundred right now. Okay. I mean that's pretty big yeah. too. So yeah. a lot of people. So it's a lot it of units to even staff. You know, yeah. so it takes a while right. for change and stuff like that. So hmm. Mm -hmm. do you folks have power cuts? <laughs> we do. We do. <laughs> oh my god. He sent us a video the other day. I did. I sent the video. I had to make a little video for you. I, I told yeah. Pete I was going to make it. And I sent it to him yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I think sometimes Pete, since we are on the same account, sometimes he'll see things and then I won't see it as like a new message. It'll be read. And I got you. Uh, if I don't get to it right away, then I'm like, oh, when did he see this? You know? So. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> all weekend hanging out with everybody. Yeah. A bunch of folks from our station went to oh, there you uh, go. a little away in the Poconos. Kinda. It was all city kids that went to the country. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there are a lot of bugs. So They're all worried yeah, about that. bears and stuff. Like, bears. I hope the bear doesn't come. Yeah. <laughs> That's all bears and bugs. That's country yeah. life. Yeah. <laughs> you know nothing of this. It's hilarious. I know. I, I'm always, I can remember, like, I was already in college when I rode up to college one day on a bus, and I saw a dead deer on the side of the road, and I was, like, like looking around the bus, like, oh, my God, does everyone see this? You know, like, I was so shocked that this, like, carcass was laying on the side of the road. I couldn't like fathom how this giant beast of an animal is like laying on the side of the road. And it's right. like, yeah, I, I see rats and pigeons. Like that's, that's my, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. my experience with wild animals. Nice. You guys have deer down there? Actually, yeah, we do have deer. They're, they're, they're a lot smaller. They're um definitely a lot smaller than up north, but we got really? a little, yeah. Um, uh, Disney, actually, I think I've seen the most deer driving through like Disney property. Wow. Yeah, and they're just on the side of the road. Do you so where's Orange County? So like, I'm trying to. I looked it up before and I couldn't. So you're close to Orlando, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. Orlando's in Orange County. Yeah. Okay. I know, uh, like Mineola and um, Mineola's in Orange County, right? Like, Mineola's Lake County. Oh, okay. Yeah, right? so it's right next, just west. Okay. Yeah, my um, so, ex-husband has like family there, and we've been there. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. I mean, That's like 20 minutes up the road from where I'm at, actually. Oh, okay. That's yes. a nice area. Um, it is nice. But do you folks, I mean, I'm sure you, like, there's probably trauma calls where I'm assuming that you may have, like, alligators or, I mean, is this a thing? Like, you, it's hard. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, it, not, not as much as you would think. Um, <laughs> we did, we did incorporate our own dive team. I want to say about four years ago. Um, okay. So our special operations department um, was able to fund and start up a dive rescue program, which which I'm actually a part of as well. Okay. And th there have been issues where there was actually one call where the guy said he thought he saw an alligator attack someone and then they never came up. Or there's been some dive calls for like, hey, there's alligators in the area. You either just need to be careful or it is in our SOPs to say, hey, that's that's a little too much. We can't yeah. we can't really yeah. go in. You would not catch me in the water. Like, oh yeah, go find that guy. <laughs> he's by an alligator. Nah, what? Man. Alligator? Nah, you'll be all right. He's more scared of you. You're fine. You got it. Oh nah, bro. It'll float. The body will float. The body will float. <laughs> Give it no. a day or two. Yeah. I'm not. Nope. Uh, <laughs> I know. I, my dad lives in Florida. So, you know, we do see alligators. Like, my son is always, like, super freaked out. But, like, and I am too. I mean, we went to the Everglades and, you know, we kind of did a little tour of the Everglades and they're everywhere. I mean, they're all over the place. They are, yeah. So obviously you have to be careful. I mean, even where the community that my dad lives has like a little lake kind of thing. And yeah, you know, when my son was little, I'd be like, no, no, no. Like we don't want to go too close to that water because I don't know what's in there. Do a lot of people no. get eaten by yeah. alligators and stuff like that? Not, not as much as you would think. Um, not necessarily eaten. The, um, from my understanding, alligators don't like the actual the taste. So it's more like their instinct is to drag and pull and okay. drown, which is where the, the deaths come from. But then they, I could be wrong, but my understanding is that they usually never come back okay. for the person once that happens. Hmm. Um, at least as far as I'm aware, there might be a story out there where a gator did completely devour yeah, someone. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, that's really it. For the most part, they're more they're more scared, scared of you unless it's like breeding season and then the females get very territorial. Mm. But um, as long as you stay away from the edge of murky water where they, where they like to hunt and even if you're out swimming in the lake or whatever, you know, they're more yeah. scared of boats or, you know, they're more skittish mm. than you would think. But at the same time, yeah, you don't want to get too close. <laughs> you don't want to try to pet one. I don't think, I don't think it was, yeah. no, no, it'd go no. over too well. Yeah. And you guys have snakes, right? I don't like snakes either. You have snakes? Oh, yeah. We got a ton of those. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no. Mo, like a, lot, a, lot of them are, a lot of them are harmless. <laughs> mm -mm. A lot of them are harmless, but you still get the water moccasins. You get the king snakes. Um, or coral snakes. I can never remember which one's the poisonous one, but it's one of those two. I, I know. And I think then, uh, coral snakes, right? Or coral snakes. Be, they're like more colorful, but the water they're, moccasins are pretty dark. It's hard to see yeah, them. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, they they blend right into the water. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
They yeah. bite? They give you like poison and some shit? Yeah, I mean. Uh, yeah. The cotton mouths, yeah, they'll. Cotton mouth and it'll kill you. That's mm-hmm. not... Yeah, but, same, I mean, same, same thing. So do you folks have like a venom uh, center? Like are a lot of the hospitals or is there like Unfortunately, one? Unfortunately, no. The closest like even venom team that I'm aware of is actually in Miami-Dade. Um, yeah then that's an actual air unit called venom one which is the most wow. badass name i've ever heard of i know but... <laughs> that would be really cool like i'm a i'm a right? medic on venom one venom one yeah oh my god so yeah so i don't know like if something happened here i'm sure they have hospitals have like a limited supply you know yeah. of anti-venom or whatever but it also depends on the snake you know as to whether or not they have the yeah i'm just surprised yeah. because we have, I mean, in New York City, we have like one anti-venom center um, and it's near the Bronx Zoo, which makes sense, you know, like, right. yeah. but, um, but, you know, people do have snakes as pets, even though they're illegal, I think, or some of them are illegal oh. in New York, mm, right. but, um, but I feel like in an area like Florida, where you do have these, you know, animals that are in the environment, like, it's surprising that they're not, I don't know, those kind of, they're <laughs> not nope. more accessible <laughs> I know. Yeah. yeah. I did a job when I was in the Bronx. Like we went in, and the whole apartment was nothing but like tanks. tanks. Like, the whole uh, it was like a whole wall of tanks and snakes. I'm like, yo. No. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> like uh, Indiana Jones was afraid of snakes, right? Wasn't it? Yeah, even Indiana Jones. Yeah, if, yeah. if that if that guy's afraid of snakes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Scary. We did a fire down here in town. It was at uh, like a dog grooming place, and they had like a giant snake in there. And they came what? out like two of them holding this snake. Kind of like, yo, you're dying, snake. You're dying. <laughs> <laughs> Letting you go, bud. Oh, there it is. <laughs> no. uh, there are people who catch them. Those they uh, there's uh, pythons. They're either the ball pythons, oh, and uh, or not catch them, but they they'll get them and they'll they'll obviously keep them as pets or whatever. But I forget if it's the ball or the Burmese pythons. One of those. They get they get huge, man. They get yeah. freaking ginormous. And so they'll let them go. Uh, you were mentioned, Julie, the Everglades. They'll let them go in the Everglades. Yes. yes. And they'll just freaking wreak havoc. Yeah. And, or they'll I just think... let dump them in someone's backyard, and then it goes around That's attacking I... dogs. <laughs> when I went, yeah, to the Everglades, they said that that was a big problem. Was these like giant snakes that were not originally part of the ecosystem, but now are. And then, right. yeah, like smaller animals that like flourish usually in that ecosystem, birds or whatever, are like getting eaten up by these giant snakes. And I'm like, that's that's a nightmare. That sounds that's like horrible. I believe they actually have special nightmare. permits. Yeah. To right. go hunt for that because of that exact reason. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a nope. I'm not gonna go freaking hunt a snake. That's, <laughs> I know. That's, that's where I, I draw the line. <laughs> you're like a, a knife in your teeth as you're yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> like hand-to-hand combat a freaking twenty-foot long snake. <laughs> we send you guys on snake calls like a snake stuck in a house and gone at or not? Several actually. Really? Each of our each of our units carry a little snake stick, but it's it's all those that's like it's either like a tiny black racer or a tiny rat snake. The ones you actually kind of want around, and I don't know. It's just. So, some people, some people over at catch them and then just kind of put them outside. I mean, we're not, we're not, you know, yeah. what was it called? Animal control. You know, we can't really do anything with them. We don't transport them anyway. <laughs> we're just like, all right, he's out of your house. Here you go. Yeah. There's one lady called us because there was a, there was a tiny black racer on her front porch 
and then of course by the time we got there she's like well I don't know where it went and I was like all right well then you're good and she was not happy with that answer but <laughs> I was like I don't I know like, what you want me to do exactly I, I like, it's Florida. gone you know what I mean it's like yo you live in Florida yeah sight out of mind I feel like if there's a if there's a spider in my room and I can usher him out like I there's a big spider in my apartment the other day that I was kind of surprised by and I like took him on a piece of paper and tossed him in the hallway like it's not I didn't take him outside I live on the fourth floor like fourth floor of my building so I just threw him in the hallway I was like yeah that's good I'm good with that like, even if he came back in no. 10 minutes later spiders uh, that's uh, i'm kind of like pete on spiders i will burn a spider i will throw a shoe <laughs> oh at it God, i'm not getting really? anywhere near spider i can't do it i can't do it it's horrible nope but maybe you folks have different spiders than we do i feel like <laughs> promotes like like growth for some of these. i think they have like giant spiders like that like, <laughs> we we have wolf spiders they get about they get they can get that big i've seen them they're wolf know. spiders black widows nope. yep not gonna happen terrifying Anything that has like wolf in its name, but it's supposed to be like insect sized is right. scary, you know? 100%. <laughs> like a rat. We have another rat in our state. Well, I don't know. It's a rat or a mouse or whatever. I think it's oh, jeez. Yeah. So like we get rats. We had a cat. Well, we had a couple of cats and they ate all the rats, but apparently nice. there's a rat mouse that was sitting in the bookcase or whatever. And our one Lieutenant Neil, he hates those things rats and mice. <laughs> yeah and then we tried to take them in the closet <laughs> and somebody broke the key off in the thing and they never said anything so we couldn't even get in the closet to finish the job oh no that's bad hey i am thankful we don't have a rat issue sorry no. i think you folks though you also have those like cute little uh lizards and stuff like they Can go into houses and stuff, right? I mean, they're not. We, yeah, I'm actually trying to look around right now. There's usually a bunch of them hanging out. We got little lizards. We got little geckos, some salamanders. Um, yeah, that's probably that's probably a lot of them. I know, of like guys. they're cute and they're similarly sized to like the mice that you know we'll have in our station. But I feel like the mice. I'm... What kind of lizards are you talking about? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I feel like when I'm in my dad's in Florida room or Lanai or whatever they're called in Florida, like you'll see them like kind of between the screen and whatever window thing. Yeah. They're not too big, you know, they're like. No, is, is that a mouse size? Maybe I'm not familiar with yeah. mice. How big yeah. are mice? Mice are like okay. a garden mouse. Is that a thing? Like a. Yeah. No, a field mouse. You're thinking a field mouse. Field mouse. Field mouse. Yeah, they're okay, small. so they're tiny. They're maybe All right. like two and a half inches bigger okay well then i stand corrected i apologize yeah. there are some two inch lizards around here yeah. <laughs> yeah. no the rats are massive the rats are probably like five pounds i don't know i'm like estimating Jeez. But, uh, <laughs> those are, they make noise when they jump on things so have, have you got you deliver any babies yet because i'm not a baby deliverer i think God, I have not. Well, actually, nope, that's a lie. As soon as I said that, um, one, one in-house delivery, and it was actually uh, her husband called, and because she was having contractions. Uh oh. And then so uh, <laughs> we turn around to walk away, and then the husband was like, "Come back, I see the head." And so. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh my oh, gosh. Hold on one second. Sure. My wife's calling. Sure. Mm -hmm. 
I know. I know this fun. internet's like crazy, man. So I think he's outside. Oh, you know? No, no, that's okay. No better than mine. Oh, one so. sec. Okay. Sure. But I guess yeah, for him, bad. it like that kind of the volume paused for a second. I guess it was like yeah. getting a phone call. So, yeah. so anyway, how you doing, Jewel? Haven't seen you in a while. Uh, yeah, since uh, Thursday. Yeah. Doing well. Doing well. Yourself, Peter? I'm all right. So I went swimming in the pool today. That's nice. It's, nice. it's like 98 degrees out today. It's quite hot today. So I'm not yeah. looking forward to work tomorrow. No, me neither. Mm -hmm. um, I actually, and I, so, you know, our ride back from the Poconos, the van had no discernible air conditioner. It blew what felt like hot fan air on us the whole time. And um, there were no windows to be opened. So I just sat and I was wearing like literally shorts and a cotton t-shirt and I was just like drenched in sweat, like all of us, it was gross. Mm. And, um, mm. and then it was hot when we got out, but you know, it's funny, it was 98 degrees out and it actually felt cooler to be outside mm. the van because there was somewhat of a breeze. Yeah. So I'm not a fan of the heat. Mm. I'm not a fan of the humidity. That's the problem. All right, so we're back. All right, you didn't lose your kid. She's probably just calling to find that out. So. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he, yeah, and then he just uh, called us back. Was like, you need to get in here. It's coming now. And so I was like, all right, well, let's see. I got some rookies here. Y'all can go in, and I will be out here. You can call me if you need me. <laughs> wow. I was like, it's a BLS skill, you know. And then I've had a couple transports where I'm like, hey, you need to get me to the hospital now because I'm not doing this in the back of my rescue. And then the next, last close call was I was on our engine a couple weeks ago, and we had a lady who was having some contractions or whatever, but it was her first kid. So we're like, all right, well, it's going to be a while. Actually, you guys are going to like this story. Uh -huh. So the rescue takes yeah. 20 minutes to get there because the closest rescue was leaving the hospital in downtown. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and uh, for some reason, they sent them non-emergency. I'm not, I'm not oh. exactly sure why. Okay. So we get there. We package this lady up, send her on her way. Nothing was really... In, I don't know, saying that the baby was coming. <laughs> so, yeah. so then I get a text from the medic later, and he, uh, he goes, get two delivered, right, before we pulled into the hospital. Get out of here. I was like, you're kidding me. He goes, no, man. He's like, I had everything set up, and he said his driver was a little crazy. He said, no joke, he hit some railroad tracks going 60, and that baby came out. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, my God. Yikes. I was like, oh, that sucks, dude. Sorry. <laughs> I, I don't know. Everybody hates those calls. I like them. I like them when things are going well. I mean, when things are not going well, that's a terrifying call. But yeah. to me, I think it's like one of the only times, like, you know, we do like a lot of silly stuff. I, I say silly, but like we all want to say BS, you know, but like we do a lot of <laughs> stuff that's like not really emergent. Um, but like yeah. then we do a lot of like unfortunate stuff too that's like you're seeing people in their worst moment. So to see a new life come into the world is always really exciting to me. And uh, I don't know if I had, like, I think when I get older, when my son is older and I have more time, I would love to be like a doula and like be there attending births, you know, but um, I don't have the time now. My son is still young and I couldn't even watch my own son. I was like, really? right. yeah, I was there. I just, I, no, nah, is uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm with Pete on that one. Not nope. gonna happen. Nope. I will be in the other room. 
mm-hmm. six and eight or whatever it is, clamp it off and call me if it's yeah. not breathing. <laughs> I feel like to I'll me, yo, I'd rather miracle, die you know? overdoses. Give me diabetic Over, yeah. overdoses. Those are like the two. Yeah, but actually, <laughs> how, how many, you know, how much Narcan and D50 can you give? I feel like, you know, going. A lot. You can give a lot. A lot. A, <laughs> I know, but to me, it's like there's something really different. Like, let's say, for instance, right, you have like, a, you know, an addict and you give them Narcan and maybe that's happened to them like six times before and it'll probably happen a few more times. Same thing with like certain diabetics have uncontrolled you know issues with their sugar but like sure. a person who delivers like they may not remember your name or something but like that story they're going to tell it to their children you know what i mean like that story is going to be told a bunch more times in their life like it's the most important thing ever you know so it's i don't know it's like really exciting to be part of that for me and I can understand that. That makes sense. I mean, it's probably also part of the maternal instinct stuff. And <laughs> no, not, 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 I, yeah. You know, before I was a mom, I was. I love those calls. Well, know? yeah. I mean, that which makes sense. I, I feel females in general are more apt to, you know, better connect to other females who are going through that, you know, yeah. and and the yeah. miracle of life, because that's that's what it is in general. But for us guys, with it's hits us in our squeamish bone and we're just like yeah that's not gonna happen i'll see i'll see you afterwards <laughs> it's, it's a it is definitely a gory one i mean it's like yeah you know but uh to me i don't know it's it's exciting there's like there's it, something good happening. It, it is a yeah and and I, I get what you're saying for with, with all the crap we go through with this job and all, all the all the stuff we see to see actually something positive come out of something so messy maybe yeah is definitely it's definitely rewarding i can understand i can understand that yeah when you have a mess in the back of your bus of that size it's right. usually because someone got shot or stabbed or hit by a car like you know what i mean it was like some worst day of someone's life kind of thing and it's sure. usually like you know a very exciting day in someone's life that's the worst day of my life a baby comes out in the back of the truck <laughs> i'm not gonna lie to anybody I don't care. <laughs> I'm not even i'm not, not even <laughs> i'm going home <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I'll, I'll clean that one up I there you go how many jobs you guys doing in a day every time i oh, do shoot, man. work ah bro it's 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 steady man we uh let's see Man, our rescue was getting hammered yesterday. We'll we'll do 12 to 15 transports a shift. Oh my god! Uh, um, pretty steadily. Our both of our suppression, our truck and our engine, will do at least the same amount of calls. Um, okay. There have been. It's not uncommon for for our suppression units to run 20 something calls and our rescues to be 16 to 18 transports mm-hmm. on. On, a, on the busy busier side of it uh on a random tuesday i did do 24 calls in 24 hours on, on oh my, my rescue gosh. and on that day both our truck and our engine did over 30. Wow. so mm. what yeah. kind of neighborhood do you work in uh it's called crime hills um okay. the technical call i mean the actual name of it's pine hills but okay. the, so it's it's a how do i, I don't know how to say like shotgun day. flats and stuff like that those shotgun <sighs> It, it's ah oh shoot how am I gonna put it it's it's a lower income area those those are the words I was searching for a lower income area um and a lot of gang activity um, a lot of drug uh, trafficking through through the area um, a lot of 
yeah, crime in general, I guess. So mm. a popular one is to steal a car, go commit a crime, and then set it on fire. And so that's one way to get rid of yeah. it. And they, they usually, yeah, I mean, it's it's effective. They they do a good job of it when they do. So I mean, there's nothing left of the car by the time we get there usually, but um, they're they're trying. I know I know the sheriff's office recently just got a grant to put more deputies in the area because they were understaffed, and uh, just couldn't keep up with it. And even even with the extra five deputies, I think they got it's still it's still a lot. So what's like the biggest yeah. type of call that you guys take in on a day? Uh, what do you mean by biggest? Like, what you do, do you do like a lot of abdominal pains, EDPs, you know? Chest pain. Chest pain? Chest pain. pain. I'm going to, no. Are you, is uh, it chest pain? Like, chest pain. Yeah. yeah. Chest okay. pain. There, uh, we, we run a bunch of non-emergent calls to get to the better amount of emergency calls that yeah. we get. So we got to get through a lot of the non-emergent calls to get to the really because we do have a higher, obviously a higher probability of running that emergency calls. We got a lot of sick people in the area with a lot of health issues. Um, so whether it's a medical emergency or trauma emergency or fire, you know, we do have a higher probability of that. Yeah. Just a lot of non-emergent in between. Okay. So. I feel like we, we work in a similar yeah, environment where, you know, it's like um, for a lot of folks, this might be their, um, you know, they don't necessarily have like their own private doctor. So they utilize the 911 system a lot. Um, and so, yeah, you know, you might for every two or three kind of non-emergent calls that don't entirely require an ambulance or probably, you know, require right. like a cab ride to urgent care. Um, right. You know, then you get like someone who actually has like significant health issues and then Definitely. You, know, you really need to. You have a lot of public. Like your buildings are like one, two story. What do you got? You doing a lot of carry there? Two story, I think, would be the tallest in my area. Just in my area. There's, if you go down to like Bay Hill, Windermere, um, you go to the east side where you have the schools, the colleges, and yeah. the apartments, you know, they can get five, six stories or whatever. Okay. You got um, elevators, not like us. We're doing a lot but, of. <laughs> I'm guessing you guys don't carry a lot of people like we do, so. Like, like physically carry? You have like a oh, lot yeah. of stair care jobs. You know, a lot like, of stair care? No, not a lot of stair chairs. Yeah. Like even, I live on a fourth story walk up, you know, yeah. so like, um, right. that's not unusual in New York. You know, like there's a lot of people who live on the fifth story and there's no elevator. And, uh, oh, and unfortunately wow. they're, you know, 75, 80 years old with like cardiac issues. Yep. And so we carry a lot of folks. Uh, it sounds awful. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, it keeps you in somewhat okay shape, I guess, as we're getting older, you know? Uh, yeah, that's true. True. You guys have the track chairs, I'm guessing, too, right? Along with your power stretchers? What's that? You oh, yeah. Do you have chairs, too? The track Actually, chairs. we literally just three weeks ago got those new striker track uh, stair chairs. Okay. Um, wow. Up till then, we've been using the old Ferno metal framed ones huh. that's what yeah. we have did they take it away from you because i would keep it they they did they came out and exchanged it on oh, not really? on my shift so those are much yeah. lighter and easier yeah, carry, a lot of them. a lot of the guys they're carrying because like we have the, the new some people have the striker yellow ones without the track oh really yeah and 
and then we have the old furnace, like the lightweight furnace. So people carry both. So it depends on where you're going and what they bring. So I would think you guys, well, again, you guys are a huge department, but especially like you said, not having elevators and stuff, the stair chairs with tracks would be kind of like a priority. But then you got to carry know. it upstairs. That's yeah, that's thing. the problem because it's like almost yeah, a 20 yeah. pound difference, right? Or something? Or yeah, 50 like, pounds. That's true. I think it's like 45 or 48 pounds. Yeah. So, um, that's true. So, you know, it's not, I mean, going down, it would surely be helpful, but going up when you've already got, you know, 30 pounds or something on your back to carry another 40 pounds in your arms is yeah, That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. guess that makes sense. Huh. So are you, were you I was going to say, are you able then mostly you kind of take a stretcher into a patient's house or do you go in first and kind of assess what you need and then if you're going to have yeah. to. Yeah, for the most part, it's we'll leave the stretcher at the door and walk in real quick or they'll just bring the stretcher right inside the door and mm -hmm. kind of go from there. Mm -hmm. So there are some houses that are just. I'm just, you guys know, are just weirdly laid out. Like you get in there and you're like, I didn't know so many corners could exist in a freaking house. And then <laughs> you're just like, well, this is going to be interesting. So, and then of course, you know, they're always in the back room, you know, bedridden or whatever. And you're just like, ah, here we go. But uh, luckily for the most part, we're able to get our stretcher at least into a manageable position. Yeah. And, uh, Pick up and sit down at least. The same thing when you go to like an apartment, like a, a multi, like um, a multi-floor apartment, like A, B, C, D, E, F, G. You ever notice that the person's apartment is always at the last? The always. Last is that what you guys do? Always. And it's the, and it's and it's always the weirdly laid out ones where you can't get. Like if it's if it's like a circle or a horseshoe shape, you can't go this side. It's always a one way, so you always got to go all the way out and around, and it takes you forever to get there. Yeah. yeah. Then you go the wrong direction, and it's like yeah. Uh, then you got to turn around and go back. And yeah, yeah. Feet. <laughs> all right. So it's not. Yeah. Like, no. Nope, so that's everywhere. good. We're on my leg. Oh, there we go, buddy. Mm -hmm. So yeah, good. It's not just us then. I thought I was. Right. I was. I would get mad because I'm like God. Florida can't plan housing to save their life. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I think that's, they need geniuses to do this stuff. Yeah. And sometimes I guess that's not what they've got, you know, <laughs> but, uh, do you remember but, the alphabet? Are you always like A, B, C, D, E, F, G? Oh, do the same thing? I, I, I count. Yeah. Okay. I'm always counting. I was, All right. Yeah. <laughs> you like one shot. He's like, Oh, M. All right. We're going to the right. I'm like, I, I know. Sometimes nope, when you look quick, it'll, it'll, you know, you get out of the elevator and it's like <clears throat> A through K this way or whatever, and like L through Z that way. I'm saying, right. I'm saying my alphabet, and she already had it figured out. <laughs> <laughs> I was an English major. What do you want? You know. But, are, are you guys' numbers at least like in order for the most part? Like they, uh, you can actually like follow uh, if they're yes, numbered. Usually. Yeah. 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 No. So all right. So here's the worst thing. So would you get like an apartment? And you would think that like apartment 26, sometimes you get like the two. Oh, that, those are the tricky ones. And then three will be the third floor. Or if it's an old building, 26 is actually on the top floor because it's like one, two, three, four, five, and then six, seven, nine, ten. Yeah. yeah. That, so, gotcha. yeah, like, you know, the building that I live in, I live on the fourth floor, and my apartment is like 4J, which makes sense. <clears throat> and then there's some older buildings where you'll get there. And it'll be laid out like D3. And you're like, is this on the third floor? 
And it's like, nope, surprise, it's on the fourth floor because D stands for four. And then worse still are the ones that are like number number 16. And you're like, oh man, this is a walk up, you know? And it's going to be on the fourth or fifth floor because that's how they go, like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, gotcha. but, but they're not that terrible. I, I think like, you know, for the most part, you get used to it pretty quick. And, yeah. Yeah. Makes it interesting, right? Yeah. Yeah. It definitely does. <laughs> I had to go because I came out. I was at BLS in the Bronx, and I never walked up so many stairs in my life. Imagine. Oh man. I'm not going back there as a medic humping all this stuff. Nah, y'all can have that high rise stuff. (laughs) Send that. Save that for you guys in Orlando. They seem to like it. So what other kind of? So with you guys. You have like a cardiac arrest. How do you guys run your cardiac arrest? An engine, an ambulance, and uh, you guys on that. So close to suppression and uh, and the rescue is who goes. So we have an AVL system in our trucks that's supposedly able to figure out who what the closest units are and then okay. s- you know dispatch those. Um, yeah. So you're gonna get a rescue and you're gonna get a suppression, whether that's a truck, a Quinn, or a, or an engine. Okay. Uh, or sometimes even a squad. Unfortunately, sometimes they even have to work too. So it's, uh, and then it just goes to work. Usually our, the medic on the rescue is going to take the lead unless he show he or she shows that they're a little, you know, newer or sketchy than another medic will jump in. And then, uh, we're, we're blessed to have a crew that works really well together. So there's not actually a whole lot of talking that goes on. Everyone just kind of goes to work, but then, um, there are some, you know, especially if you float to, or, or you get a mixed match crew because people on vacation where kind of stand yeah. back and you dictate yeah. and, you know, start CPR until we get the Lucas on, drop the IO real quick, uh, check the rhythm because we transport anyone who's not in asystole. Um, and then... Um, we're not the only people who do that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, if they're not found in asystole, it's an automatic transport. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's one of our uh, criteria. Wow. Yeah, we if we have yeah. a PA that just sort of doesn't break and goes on and on endlessly, we can call and, and like you know sort of terminate at a certain point. But um, but yeah, I mean, nice. we have to still work. We can't just not do right. anything. But it's a little more leeway with that. Yeah, asystole yeah, still still requires 20 minutes of work for us before we can okay. call it. But yeah, yeah, yeah that's what we do too. Hmm. Have you guys so then how? You guys put the Lucas on scene because we only do. Oh yeah, hundred. <laughs> oh no, hundred percent. We'll get uh Lucas on as quickly as possible. Huh. It just frees. It makes it so much easier, man. Just oh, to yeah. free up an extra set of hands. Yeah, and even I mean, it's kind of a two-edged sword because obviously with the Lucas and the conversions you get, your end title is gonna be high. Mm-hmm. So that one of our criteria also to call it is the end title's got to be less than ten. Yep. So you'll have all your other criteria, and the end title will be like forty-seven. <laughs> and you're just like, ah, yeah. Yeah. So you know. Yeah. yeah. So then that's then you kind just of work around. Transport the person so the hospital can actually yeah. just, you know, call it. Yeah. That or you can call medical control and, and hope they're in a good mood that day and sometimes they <laughs> understand and they'll they'll let you call it there. <laughs> yeah. It's like the one we had that we actually used the Lucas on was like the first time. I didn't think they were coming back and then they put Lucas, the CPR boy on, and this lady came back. Yeah. 
Oh, snap. Yeah. I mean, I don't think she, she didn't survive at, at the ER. I'm amazed. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. I had a GSW like that. Really? Yeah, I thought we lost him. I was actually calling for orders for with his yeah. wounds to like just call it right there yeah. and the amount of blood he lost. And then uh, the medical director was like, yeah, sounds like he's he's a goner. Just work him for 20 minutes and transport. Yeah. And uh, small caliber to right to the chest, right to the center chest. There's pools of blood in the bathroom. Yeah. Um, one to the left side and, uh, and is right between his like second and third rib. So I was like, this guy, this guy's toast. Yeah. Throw the Lucas on, <clears throat> do one round of drugs. He goes into VTAC, shock him. We get a pulse and a blood pressure. I'm like, what in what? the world is going on? Oh <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, and so yeah. we ended up transporting him. That's yeah. shocking. Because, so. yeah, I almost yeah. feel like we never get back traumatic yeah. arrests. You know, it's hmm. wow. And are you close to the hospital? Yeah, I mean, are they, do you have a bunch nearby? Thank yeah, thankfully, yeah, we're blessed to have hospitals, shoot, our trauma centers five to eight minutes away with, uh, with you okay. know, responding lights and sirens. Uh, also, depending on traffic or whatever, because we got to hit some highways. Yeah. But then our next closest hospitals, eight to ten minutes the other direction. And then Not we got bad. freestanding ERs popping up all over the place. Yeah. Oh, are you, so you folks take them to freestanding ERs as well then? If it's like a cut and a scrape, yes, <laughs> they they will reject anything else. Yeah. Yeah, that's the so, funny thing. Yeah. Like everybody wants to go to urgent care here, and then urgent care is like, uh, go to a hospital. It's like, yeah. That's that's crazy. Well, then what's the point? Almost. Yeah, exactly. You know, we do have. Like, I mean, there's we have the Cobble Hill uh, freestanding ER. That I mean, like we can't obviously take someone that we suspect is going to have like a real issue, like a cardiac yeah. issue. But you know, if it seems like something that didn't necessarily require an ambulance, you can take them there. Yeah. And, you know, something that they're not going to be admitted for, essentially. Mm -hmm. yeah. So when you come uh, out with your, AVL, with your AVL, do they, so you're available, can they bump a unit off that was coming from a further direction or they just keep them going? Mm -hmm. Nope, they will. If someone comes available or if like a crew comes up is like, hey, you know, we're, we're closer to that area. That sounds like we know that street yeah. you can put us on the call they'll, they'll swap it because oh. <laughs> yeah so it's uh i mean avl's supposed it's it's funny it's uh, it, it's accurate enough to where if you're sitting in the bay it'll dispatch the unit that's closest to the call per where it sits in the bay okay. but then at the oh. same time where you're like out and around it doesn't always catch you know yeah. who's closer or whatever so you yeah. kind of also got to pay attention to that hmm. like we got dispatched to like our third due area yesterday yeah. with with their rescue it was actually 33 it was a little bit away and then their engine came up they're like oh we're we're in quarters you can give us our own call yeah. <laughs> in our first due That's weird. yeah good thing yeah. someone's monitoring yeah, the radio you know radio and like not being a scale yeah yeah, hmm. yeah right yeah there's people that do that too but <laughs> they're, they're, they're with every department. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's everywhere. everywhere uh, so, what do you guys call people yeah, who don't like to work yeah. down there? Oh yeah. You, guys have a name for, you have a name for people who don't like to work? You call them, like yeah, sand, sandbaggers. Uh, ah. Okay. We call them sandbaggers. So, yeah. Drag their feet. Drag the, the uh, 
take the full times during offloads. They'll not hear calls go out, you know, you, you know, all those types. That's funny. So. Okay, cool. So, like, let's say you hear a shot <laughs> and you guys are out. Do you guys, like, steal people's calls or stuff like that? Like, shots or trauma jobs? If, if, it's, if it's a good call, you'll hear units try to jump it a lot. Okay. And then uh, even if they're a little bit away, they'll be like, hey, we're, we're closer. And then yeah. dispatch is like, mm, no, you're not. <laughs> you can, that sounds but, uh, If it's just another medical call, sometimes it's sorry. Sorry about your luck type deal, you know, especially if it's a non-emergent type. Yeah. So. Yeah, that you're on your own. But like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, oh, wait, your toe hurts for three days? <clears throat> yeah. Huh? Yeah, not going to speak up for that. <laughs> yeah. nah, nobody ever does. Not for that good stuff. No. <laughs> no. Anyway, so when you get a fire, do you try to beat, like, try to beat the engineer to get the grab and stuff? How does a fire work? Uh, so, so in our areas, in our area, especially with uh, the special ops house I'm at, and then the house that's in downtown Pine Hills 42, they have a squad there, so they're a special ops, ops house as well. Um, we take great pride in our fires and being the first on scene and extinguishing it as much as possible before the next company gets there. So if an actual fire gets toned out, it is a race to whoever gets there first and then a race much work is done as before the next arriving station gets on scene. Okay. And it's just a little friendly competition. And then once everyone gets on scene, we all go to work. But, yeah. it's, but you're always trying to beat somebody else. Into it's definitely box. a pride thing. Hundred percent, and it's even better if you beat them into their own first two. That's awesome. Oh my god! Oh no! Yeah, done that a few times, and you look at them as they pull up. You're like, "Hey, boys, what took you so long?" And they're just like, oh, "Whatever." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. The way we it's... make our days go by, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you have anything? So, when you get a medic student, is there anything that's like your pet peeve that you feel, you know, that? The new medic should do when they're riding with you or anything like that. Should do. Yeah, do you have like, a pet peeve, like you know, like I don't like when people are like, oh, I know how to do that or I got that. And then like you ask them and they're like, and it's right. Drop. Yeah. So if if you've been from somewhere else or you came from somewhere else, don't tell me how they did it because that's not gonna help you here. Um, if you got obviously, if you got like knowledge or something that about a specific circumstances while I'm share. Yeah. Um it, it actually really bugs me when I have students and they're they're very passive. They're very kind of standoffish. They're very quiet. And uh, I'm I'll have to pull them aside and be like, listen, you can't I understand quiet personalities, but like at least during your interview you gotta you gotta speak up. <laughs> you gotta learn how to speak up. You gotta learn how to ask questions. You know, if you need coaching, if you need help, you know, I'm, I'll help you with it. It's just, you can't just, I'm not, I'm not here to do your job since you're the student. You got to show me that you can do the job. Yeah. How do you get so, them to just talking to them? Does that usually work or do you do anything else? Uh, for the most part, part it works. Uh, I have a little speech I give most students or whatever when they write with me right off the bat. I'm like, listen, I'll give you like two or three calls to kind of figure out how we do things or get yeah. used to the way our crew works. And then after that. I'm, I'm not saying a word unless you look at me like you're lost, you know what I'm saying? Or unless you're about to straight up kill somebody. It's, it's all you. And then there's, I mean, unfortunately, there's been times where during the patient interview, I'm just standing there like, 
you kind of ask them questions or we're going to transport or what's what's going you know the prompts i hate having the prompts people teaching is fine i actually love teaching and you know walking through i don't mind teaching steps and protocols and you know getting you comfortable but once once you get to the point where hey now this is you're at the point where now you're trying to get cleared as a standalone medic you've had enough schooling and ride times and stuff to where you should at least know the basics i shouldn't have to coach you through the basics so i guess that is kind of a pet peeve if after all that they're still kind of hesitant to to ask questions remember from like your mentor that like your mentor taught you oh shoot man you know so like mine told me like i wanted to iv everybody he's like yo bro you can't iv the world he did (laughs) i like that honest honestly man he taught me so much uh uh honestly the um the biggest thing i think he taught me because he was super smart dude he taught me a lot um very very thorough so i think even though i don't i don't personally stick to this as much as i should he's he's like dude als everybody it's not gonna kill you and it's gonna you know cover you in case something goes wrong he's like what it takes an extra minute to to throw a 12 lead on somebody you know and that, that's, that's his standpoint, you know, where, hey, if you just ALS everyone, which obvious, you know, his argument was it doesn't take much more time to do so, then that's less for QA or uh, lawyers to kind of pick apart when it comes to your assessment. I tried that. I'm not going to lie. I tried that for the first, like, several months where I was a standalone medic. Yeah. And then I just, I can't. I can't do that for someone who's whose toe hurts. I just don't think yeah, like no. that. I'm like I'm not, yeah. not doing it, bro. I yep. Yeah. So, I agree. I, I think there comes He's super smart, man. Okay. He helped me pass medic school and everything. Yeah. Yep. I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna lie either. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do a twelve in on a toe pain, you know? So right. I just there's certain things that you can look at and you know it it's straight up BLS. You know, you're gonna burn to me, you're gonna burn yourself yeah. out and it's a waste of your skills. No. Absolutely. No. Yeah. And he is some actually something you said along the Ivy lines is is he's like unless you're pushing meds, man, um, there's no point in poking people. Yeah. Needlessly. He's yeah, I, I mean, that was his thing. I do agree with that. I feel like um doing an IV just for IV sake, I mean if you have a student on your ambulance and you're like, you know what? I mean this patient's gonna probably get admitted or whatever, like I, I can see doing stuff like that, you know, or obviously if your patient needs it, but um, if it's just a BLS job where you wouldn't do this if you were just working BLS, I don't know that that's necessary because yeah. it is sort of like creating uh, undue discomfort, let's say. I mean, an IV is not the worst thing in the world, but like you don't have to put an IV in every single person. Right. Sometimes people go to the hospital and they don't get an IV because of like, right. you know, their, their thing is just really not an emergency. Um, yeah. Unless you're exposing yourself, you know, like you're kind of, I don't think it's 100% necessary for every job. Like, yeah. If you triage it, so let's say like you do like your triage, you determine the BLS, does your partner drive in or you, you ride it in? Uh, I make I make my my if the, if he's an EMT or uh, I make my EMT partner take it. If it's straight BLS, I'm I'm like, listen, man, this is this is you. I take enough. <laughs> I, I take enough, you know. Yeah. And usually, I won't start doing that until we're starting to get hammered. Like, I'll take all the calls until I call six or seven. Then I'm like, yeah. hey, man, this one's you. I need a mental yeah. break, you know. Yeah. yeah. Do you make them. Do you make your EMT partners assess the patient, or do you do the assessment first? 
I'll do it myself unless my partner is actually in medic school and he comes to me and he's like, hey, man, like, do you mind if I work on my assessments? Hey, absolutely. If you want to practice, if you say you need practice, let's do it. Let's go for it. You know, it's all you. So would you rather your EMT partners like step up and take the assessment and then they determine that it's an AOS patient or would you rather? Being just being the way I am, I think I would rather. Okay. Uh, just because I can, I'm not perfect by any means, but yeah. I can trust myself a little more, if okay. that makes sense. Just, just knowing. I don't know. I, I would just, I would rather do it. Like I'd rather if I, if there was a mistake to be made, I'd rather it fall on me if I made a bad call, you okay. know. And it's just with the extra schooling, I feel it's a little easier to to make that call with, with a little extra knowledge that yeah. they give us in medic school to determine that there's, but, uh, again, however, I see that's, that's the thing though. If you're like a super competent EMT, which there are plenty of them out there, yeah. then yeah, I'll stand back and yeah. do, do whatever you need to do. So it's case by case basis. I think I kind of take a case by case approach to, to a lot yeah. of things in this yeah. job. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I don't know. I think like a lot of people undervalue, you know, their EMTs and stuff like that. 100%, so, yeah. You know, so. And then I, I've worked in places where EMTs are medics, and then they can't even do their job. And I'm like, right. Give them pain management. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I feel like, you know, when I when I worked um, as an EMT with a medic partner, when I worked in upstate New York, I did not feel like my BLS skills were like that awesome. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I felt like, most of the jobs that like sort of required any not even advanced care but like anything that looked a little bit you know sketchy my partner automatically took and then when i came down here and it was like just two bls people in a truck i felt like my bls skills got obviously much better so um you know you have to let an emt be an emt like they're they have right. skills that are great and like you know when you have good bls that's that's an asset, you know, but right. yeah, like sometimes it's, uh, you know, sometimes unfortunately to work with a medic who's maybe a little bit, uh, I don't know, maybe overbearing or like less comfortable with that, then the EMT unfortunately doesn't really succeed that much because they're not able to like be an EMT, you know? What's Richie saying? Yeah. Shake box. What's that? A shake box? Shake box. Yeah. Shake box. <laughs> shake box. <laughs> like a yeah. nervous Nelly, but yeah. you know, it's yeah. Uh, yeah. And that and that and that bothers me when EMT, when that's you know that's their excuse. Well, I'm just an EMT or whatever because I've gotten yeah. that several times. I'm like, yeah, EMT can drop an LMA, go do it. You know, like yeah. this is you have to be able to do your skill. You need hands on. You shouldn't be scared of being an EMT. You're not just then, a driver. You know, like, right? Exactly. You have skills. Like there are things that you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's only going to make you better. You know, when you become a medic. You know, because you have put that LMA in. You know. So I was talking to right. from Colorado. He was saying that the, the EMTs can do IVs, is it IVs? Everything, no cardiac yeah. med. Like they can, it was crazy. I'm like, yo, you can do all that in Colorado? I know, awesome. I felt it's sort of like, mind. I was like, they're like it's medics, good. pretty much. Yeah, you know, like, like, you need a medic for? Yeah. <laughs> no. Good for them, man. Good, good EMT, I mean, yeah. Good EMT yeah. is worth thousand medics man exactly. like, uh, honestly yep. if they can set you up if, if they they know their job if they're on it if they're setting you know kind of thinking ahead with you and it's it makes the job go so much smoother yep 
Yeah. So he said Colorado can do IVs, IOs, CPAP, nebulizers, uh, Narcan, Dextro, Zofran, Superglottic Airways. Jeez. Good <laughs> Lord. And Epi. Our PLS can do a lot of those same things. Maybe not Zofran. Um, but, and like not all the EMTs in New York can CPAP, but many can. Um, yeah. And they can't do IVs here, but like we, our EMTs can do a lot of those same skills. And I'm, I, I try to tell people who when I get on a job, if BLS has called us and they've already done like, oh, we on CPAP, we gave them a treatment, we did this and that, we gave them Epi. I'm like, thank you, I am impressed. Right, yeah. Awesome. I'm like, yo, how awesome was you using an injector? Have you ever used an auto injector? I've never used an auto injector. No, I never have actually. Yeah. <laughs> I want to use them. Sorry. <laughs> I know. I feel like nervous about them though. They're, I, I don't know if that thing, if you have it backwards or whatever, you're going like, to. You would be that person who would do it backwards. Listen, guy. Like, <laughs> I know. I feel like I. There's fear, directions and arrows on the pen. I like, know, it was... <laughs> but it's, just, it's so giant. I mean, I've used them on like mannequins a bunch of times. Yeah, like some yeah. like Aztec stuff or whatever. And like, you know, with a two PAM, so we have yeah, auto injectors. doesn't bite back at you. That needle's huge, man. Hell yeah. It's a yeah, gigantic, yeah. it's like a spear. So <laughs> I get I why it's scary. Jack, his, he was dating this chick and she had like, um, she had an allergic reaction. And her mom went to give her the pen, but she held it backwards and smacked it. Oh. And like it went through her thumb and it like sprayed everybody in the restaurant. What? Oh, my God. oh, oh that is gross and unfortunate because That's the daughter tough. obviously needed that medication. Right. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Whoop. That's like a major whoops. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Seven hundred dollars. Well, sorry yeah. about that. Yeah. God, yeah they're, they're super expensive. <sighs> That's crazy. I, it's, it's still better than the than the military's uh, EpiPens or IOs. Have you seen those? I don't know. They're, they're like, I think it's their IO. They do the sternal IOs. Oh, and they, yeah. It's literally just the EpiPen. They just, boom, right into the sternum. And Ooh. it looks like the freaking mouth of the Sarlacc. There's like 18 freaking needles. Really? And one, one major one in the middle. And it just uh-uh. gets them. Apparently, you don't feel it, but oh, yeah, well, who knows? <laughs> I've seen it. I don't know if because like I tried to do a nasal airway, so it's like, yeah. oh, it can't hurt that bad. You ever put one in your nose? Uh, no, and I never will. So <laughs> it's quite interesting. You do like yeah. I bet. <laughs> I don't know. I always MCs freak me out. Like, I, I feel like I put one in a friend's nose one time and he had a bloody nose after it. And I was like, oh no. And like, even we have some patients who it goes right in. And I swear, like we had someone the other day that I was like, all right, I'll do this on them. And I just, I hit some resistance. I was like, all right, let me go to the other side, hit a little resistance. I'm like, that's it. I am not, I do not push. I'm like, something doesn't want me to get in there. I'm not doing it. Like I, yeah. I'm managing their airway and I'm okay, you know. I like them very I put them in everybody. I know. He likes them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, people look at them. There like, you go. Congrats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I, I feel like the IO, the IO is something, like we've talked about it. I would, I would do an IO on myself. I would, not on my chest, but on my leg, I would be interested in seeing how that feels. I mean, I don't want to get medicine pushed because I think that's when we run into the most yeah. extreme pain. But I would be interested in feeling it. It doesn't seem that awful. Like, well, 
call me when you do that because I would love to watch <laughs> like live your reaction to that. <laughs> if we ever get to that point, we may have to buy these products online and then we'll record. Right. You know? <laughs> so yeah. Do you guys see anything else cool um, there? Do you guys got any cool toys? Was that? Do you guys have any cool, cool toys? toys? Let's see. Power stretcher. We just got the striker. We just got new ticks. Those are okay. kind of fun. What's that? Kind of updated quality and the thermal imaging cameras. Oh. Yes, and that that's a plus. They now added it, so now even all our rescues have one. They got they replaced the ones on the suppression units and yeah. added new ticks to the rescues. So, because a lot of the times the rescues will get on scene, and as long as you're not signed ready rescue, yeah. which is basically just you know standby EMS for us, okay. then you bunk out and you usually get get tasked with um, you know primary search okay. or writ functions stuff like that so i think that's our newest newest big purchase are, are those ticks okay what do you guys want msa or scott packs scott's okay yeah, so, yeah. Did, so you're using so, what the uh the msa the small cameras uh, shoot man you know what? i'll have to send you a picture i honestly don't remember what brand we decided to go with we we field tested four different kinds and i know msa was one of them i do know yeah. that we decided not to go with msa but i cannot remember which okay. which one. Oh, my phone's yelling at me apparently i'm on five percent but uh i uh i don't remember exactly what we ended up going with but they're nice they're nice they're very like hd quality and yeah. switch different hmm. modes and it's fun to work with cool so do you have any words for a new person getting in the game before your phone dies <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. I wasn't paying okay. attention to no, that at all. No, that's okay. uh, learn from everyone. Everyone's got stories. Uh, everyone's got a little bit of advice. Um, if you're just like new to the job in general, man, it's just always learn something. It can, this job is ever changing, forever yeah. changing. And there's always new or different techniques and stuff like that. Don't be afraid to ask questions. There are no stupid questions. Yeah. Um, you can learn a lot from those who who understand that you know obviously there's some people that are hard to get along with in, in yeah. every area in all departments but don't be afraid to ask questions constantly learn don't get complacent that's that's a huge thing cool huge deal cool i appreciate that don't get complacent you know yeah, I think yeah. That, that is yeah. good advice so. uh, you can easily uh, get complacent get caught out there yeah so oh easy definitely the hard. absolutely Heck yeah, I love talking to you guys. And thanks. I want to thank your son for yeah, being he's like, awesome he's like, because <laughs> I'm like, you, uh, I don't know if my son would let me chat on the phone for as long as he did. So <laughs> I, I will definitely let him know. He's he's ran off again on the playground, so I'll, I'll catch up. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll get with you this week. We'll give you a call. And Sounds good. Stay safe out there. Yeah. All right, you too, guys. All right, I'll talk to you Have soon. Have a good one. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. All right. Uh